Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development, what have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date, and what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers. Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hi there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast. You know who I am. I'm Neil, your host. And today we've got a great guest, Rushab Shah, uh, who I met on LinkedIn after launching the podcast a few months ago. So Rushab was somebody that listened to Ben Smith's episode, the uh, BDR manager from ReachDesk. He got in touch to say that he really enjoyed the show and this is something he's been looking for and he'd like to get involved. So a few weeks passed later, we got in touch, we had a good sit down and I learned a bit about Rushab's uh, journey. But Rushab, for the people that can hear you but can't see you, could you please introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you based in the world? And a little bit about yourself as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Currently sat in my office space at home, but I was actually born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya, um, in 1990, flew to London in 2001 to start a new life with my family. Um, now I'm working at S- an S- SDR at Zap. And previous to that, I've had 79 years of experience as a BDM for many business and businesses and industries. Outside of work, I enjoy playing sports, watching the football, um, United fan. Um, so <laughs> hey, hey out there to the United fans. Um, I enjoy traveling. So before COVID, I went out to Vietnam for two weeks, which was beautiful. And I can't wait to get back on a flight. And I also just enjoy socializing with friends, um, having a good time. And, you know, what you hear right now, all that good energy is what you'll see when you meet me. So thank you. Yeah, great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Richard. So from the early 90s down back to February 2021, which is the month and year that we're currently in during this recording, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, and amen in terms of being able to get back on a plane at some point later this year, yes. fingers crossed, uh, where we can start traveling. But we're very happy to be a guest in your home. Uh, whereabouts in the UK are you based at the moment, Rashab? I'm actually based in northwest London, Edgware. Um, so not too far from the famous Wembley Stadium, 20 minutes. So that's where I'm based. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, and you mentioned that you're currently working for a company called Zap. In a nutshell, what does Zap do and what do you do for Zap? Yeah, sure. So Zap are a reporting tool for enterprise resource planning systems, which is in short um, ERP. Um, so we support, we have smart solutions for, you know, uh, Dynamics 365, SAP Business One and Sage and other ERPs. It's a business process management software, basically ERPs. Um, and it integrates with companies, financials and supply chain operations reporting tools. So we have a smart solution for this ERPs. Uh, we have a pre-built and analytics that work out of the box that can be customized to fit your individual business needs. In short, we give businesses a head start with our reporting tool. And it's all automated, so you can say goodbye to manual data processing. And as an SDR, I basically am the front face 
and front call for the business, where I look after all the inbound and outbound leads, ensuring before we take them through a demo, I've done all the discovery, really understanding the prospects' pain points and challenges. And I work closely with the marketing team to see how else we can um, absorb outbound leads. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Succinctly put, that was uh, that sounds quite technical as well. Um, and for the listeners that may not know, like I was introduced to the word ERP many years ago, but enter- yes. enterprise resource planning. So if you're looking at SKUs, units, your CRMs, uh, sort of business models, etc., and having a tool like you say Zap helps integrate this and automate all these processes. And you are the head honcho SDR helping out with the inbound leads and helping out the outbound leads and evangelizing Zap. Uh, with your prospects absolutely love it but obviously uh, when we connected a few weeks ago um, obviously there was a life before this tech SaaS SDR life and I remember Mm -hmm. looking at your LinkedIn Rashab where you'd worked at companies such as Big Yellow Storage, SpinHap, We Clear Junk Limited, Icing Digital uh, and also working at BPR Group so could you walk the listeners through of kind of like where did things start in the world of like your sales interest, like big illustration, yeah. how did you get to Zap? Sure, like as you've just named so many different businesses, everyone's thinking, wow, what a timeline and what different places has worked at. I, my dad's been in the sales business for many years. He's owned his own business. Um, he's worked for large organizations. And I think I've got his genes of just being very sociable, talking to people. So coming out of university, um, I traveled to... Egypt, and that's where I met an IT director, and I we got talking. And one of the days, he's like, "Oh, I'm looking for someone to start building up, you know, sales, you know, get the promote the name out there of the business." Hmm. And it's called Computer Nerds, and back then it was based around Fulham. And so I said to him, "Look, I need to get my CV updated. I've got nothing against it, and I want to try out the sales world." So we connected. When he got back, we had a little chit chat. He stuck to his word. He gave me a position you know, a couple of hours, five days a week, I was happy. I had something to put into my CV and get the experience. So basically I was self-taught. I just literally was put into the deep end, make mm. your calls, go out there. I used to do, do door knocking a lot as well. Every okay. day going out there in the afternoons, so as door in knocking. Like physical door knocking, like going door to door. Door knocking on, wow. on businesses, just randomly. Um, it was really nice. People were just, you know, welcoming me, you know, which was really great. And then I did this for other businesses as well. And then I said to myself, I've got friends who are working in sales in large organizations and I'm here stuck with the small organizations. Mm. You know, how can I get out there? But I really enjoy the whole customer facing value. And I really wanted to understand what it is like to be in a customer's shoe Mm. from the start point of the sale to the end when they actually buy or invest in your product or service. So I said to myself, take down the route to a retail go to the route of retail. And that's where Big Yellow just came up randomly, applied for the job and got the job at Big Yellow Cell Storage. And that was for nine months where I was literally speaking to customers day in, day out, working the weekends, putting the graft, really understanding the whole process. And I was like, wow, I'm really enjoying this. Now I think it's time for me to go out back in the real world, back in the office space and get there. And that's when I, Spinning Hat Rich out to me and we were selling funny gifts out there. So we had the clients like ASOS, Urban Outfitters, Snappy Snaps, and whatnot. Um, from there, I built a good relationship with the director who introduced me to uh, We Clear Junk director uh, once you know Spinning Hat was going through some problems. 
I delved into a waste management industry. Now, this is a new industry again. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Again, in the deep end, um, I was the only salesperson. Um, again, I was lucky enough to really build uh, a case there where I had to put the sales CRM database, fight for the ISO certifications to be put into place because I was getting shut down from people mm. to say, no, we don't want to meet you if you're not ISO certified. Uh, people didn't want to work on projects with us because we didn't have any reporting tools and a lot of people like project directors want to know where the waste is going. So I had to do all the research and not only do my sales, but I had to do also account management. So I was doing a bit of a 360-degree role there. Yeah. And I kept doing that, fell in love with it, and it was so much fun. Uh, but then time came where I was like, okay, I want to try something different. I want to push myself. I want to throw myself in the deep end. And that's where digital marketing came as well. Um, every industry I've been in, I think I've been in industries where they are booming. They're, they're growing massively. And with the digital marketing, I was able to help um, SME fashion businesses, particularly in the Manchester area. Um, so we were helping them with the SEO, PPC, digital um, marketing, social media. And that was really exciting as well. And I put myself in the deep end there. But then um, time came when, again, there was you know, problems happening within the business, there were changes happening. And I was like, I want to be in a secured business where I know I can be there for more than two years. Mm. And then sustainability started coming to me. You know, when I was looking at newspapers, when I was switching on the TV, having chats with friends, it was all about no plastic in the ocean. And I reached out to a company called BPR Group, which is also known as Paper Round, based in London Bridge. And I spent nearly two Two years, eight months, nearly three years there. Mm -hmm. And again, there, just like the other jobs, I did the 360 from finding my own prospects to try getting that, you know, closing the deal. And then furlough happened because of the hospitality industry, uh, yeah. because in that business, I was focusing a lot on hospitality and buildings. Um, so that was a shame because I was really enjoying that job. In that job, I was able to, you know, get promoted within nine months. And I had built a well reputation out there. I built, uh, you know, had some great clients there. And I pushed myself to show that I can work in different industries. And that's why I've been able to show in the last nine years as a BDM. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that's it. That's my story, basically. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And there's so many different points that I want to pick up on within sure. that. So like kind of casting back with um, going to that element of door-to-door -door sales. So it's not something that I've experienced, I've yep. met a few SDRs, BDRs that have gone through literal door-to-door -door sales, so knocking on people's doors, pitching a business. Now, for somebody, one day maybe the world might return back to an element of door-to-door, -door, but when yes. you was a young Rushab and you was knocking on people's doors, what were you thinking and how did those sort of conversations go? What sort of tips? Because I think we can use some of those sort of tips on, like, on cold calling, you know, because it's kind of like knocking on someone's door. For sure. Um, I'm happy to. And I'll be honest, even uh, when I was working in the sustainability space at BPR Group, I was still doing knocking on doors, just give my business card and ask them who's your waste management provider and whatnot. Mm. And back in the day, in 2012 and 2013, with this IT business, I'm just going in there and saying, hey, I've just graduated. I've just joined this exciting new business. Here's my card. Who's your current IT providers? And they'll be like, oh, and they will start talking. They'll be warm welcoming. I think when you say that you're just you know, new, fresh out of university, you're trying something new, um, they could see me. You know, I was in my suit, um, like my little briefcase. Yeah. Um, holding all this different, you know, brochures and handing them out. 
I think it was really nice. And like I said, I'm very sociable. So for myself to enter that door, I wasn't scared at all. Mm. I think you really have to have that confidence when walking in and just owning it, basically. And obviously, I had people saying, I'm sorry, I'm busy, or please do not come again, or X, Y, Z. Mm. But you got to take it as a positive outlook. You know, they're still communicating with you, you know. And sometimes I would walk in and even before I start talking, I would just look at the products. I would look at the business. I would just walk around. They'd be like, hey, can we help you? And then start a conversation <laughs> from that as well. Yeah. So I remember one point I was at a business that sold lightings. I was there for a good half an hour, you know, turned out mm-hmm. good chit chat. So you never know. And I think people still need to do that. Obviously, when we can get back out there in the real world, before your meetings, after your meetings, just walk into businesses. You never know one of that little walking could lead to a good prospect and a client. Definitely, definitely. And it it does like hearing that, um, how I can try and relate it with cold calling. Mm. So like many years ago when doing cold calls as a BDR, um, I would have to be selling to heads of sales, heads of marketing. And the one thing that one of my uh, colleagues in the business said to me, like, Neil, Um, don't try to BS somebody who is the expert on the other end of the line. We sometimes try to claim that we're experts and we know this world, but the people that we're selling to, they're the experts. They know this. They live this and breathe this day in, day out, but we're just providing solutions. And they'd always say to me, like, there's nothing wrong saying that you're new or you're just learning uh, and you want to kind of get a piece of their mind to get their thoughts on a certain subject. So... um, what I would say is like, look, I'm an SDR working with sales and marketing. This is what I'm hearing from other sales and marketing leaders. I'm fairly new to this world. I just wanted to know, would it be right to get some of your time just to hear your thoughts on it? And what I noticed from the calls that I used to do when I tried to be the expert on the phone, the barrier would slowly go down and they yeah. would give me because they're like, okay, this person is trying. Wouldn't work with everyone, but you know, uh, they would give me a piece of time. But like you said, you, you're going in there, you have to kind of own it, that you feel confident that you have something like your products, your portfolio, it does help people like that. And you want to be a chatty, sociable person and have a conversation with them, right? Correct. Um, but I was just wondering, like now in this era, and like you're being like a BDR for, for Zap, like how are calls going? And are there any techniques or anything that's working for you? So the techniques is yes, in my early days, or if I, like you just said, talking to, I'm talking to CFOs, chief information officers, chief operation officers, I, I, do, I do tell them, I'm new to this ERP space, I come from the sustainability space. And then the conversation talks, starts talking about sustainability, recycling. And because I'm talking to people in Middle East and Africa, like I'm talking to people back home as well in Kenya, South mm. Africa. I tell them how bad it is. And you can spend five, ten minutes talking to that, so making it warm. Yeah. Uh, kind of putting it back to you. But then you tell them, all right, tell me all about what's your challenges. You let them talk afterwards. Mm. So I think the best way would be is definitely keep it warm at first. Don't just literally go in and start barking. You know, <laughs> that's not going to work at yeah, all. Yeah. Keep it simple. Um, the other day, someone said to me, I've got 13 years experience working with this uh, CISPRO system. I said, wow, 13 years, I've only got three months. Please share some information about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he started taking me on this journey and I was just listening and I think that was really good. Um, so I think let them talk, um, try change the subject in, this, in the first few, two, three minutes. If they're giving you that time, talk about the weekend. Stay away from COVID as well. I think now people yeah. are tired of that. You know, when you say, oh yes, what you've been up to during the COVID, just talk about something different. Mm. And definitely... 
just keep asking the questions and let them, and it's all open questions, yeah. and let them delve into their challenges and they will give you that experience. And I, and I take notes and I learn from all these CFOs and CIOs. And I think I can, whatever I get from them, I can use it in my other conversations with other people. I think that's a good way to learn. 100% agree with you, Rashab. Um, it's a case of, like you said, like trying to find that mutual connection. And even if it is from a former life or something you've done, to kind of warm yes. it up a little bit. Um, something that I teach my students to do, and to your point, <laughs> remove COVID. Like everybody's spoken about, we're, we're killed off by it. Nobody really, uh, and when I mean killed off by it, I mean like the conversation, not the actual disease, because we know what's yeah. happening there. Yeah. But um, like nobody really wants to talk about it, because if you're focusing on work and you're doing your work and somebody calls you out of the blue and they start to go, so how are you dealing with COVID? It's not the way that you want to go into a conversation. Yes. But, a tip that I do um, is I would look at your LinkedIn. I would look at your company website. I'd look at a recent blog or press mm. release and to warm up that conversation, say, Rushab, I see that you guys are expanding here. Wow, that's really amazing. Or I see that your company are launching a new office in Nairobi or out in Kenya. That's super cool. Like, how's it all going? These are things to show that you've done a little bit of research. You care about them. Uh, and to your point as well, like open-ended questions, how is it going? What's the latest thing that's happening with you guys? These yeah. are really good things to open up. And another thing that I loved that you just said there was I keep notes. So mm. what you're learning from CISOs or CFOs, you take that insight and then you share it back in other conversations because yeah. those CFOs or other people on the other end of the line, they want to know what other people like them are doing and thinking. And I always get asked a question like, "How? what is value? Give value on your posts, give value in your emails, give value in your calls. And I used to think, what the hell is value? Because I don't really know, because I thought value was this product that we're selling and, you know, handing yeah. out. But value is industry knowledge and insight. So as you're right. attaining more knowledge and you're sharing it back, that's where you become, um, you know, valuable. But to kind of come back to being a valuable asset, as you mentioned in one of your businesses, uh, within waste management, you kind of had to, sell a solution but you had to get the company iso certified you had to tell project managers where your stuff is going you know and you yes. had to do an element of account management what did it feel like kind of working for a company but having to build processes from that and what have you been able to then take on to your other roles so i've been very lucky at you know spinning hats we clear junk icing digital i've been able to work with young entrepreneurs so these businesses have been operating for more than 10 years, but they got the mannerism of a startup. Mm. And I think that's what's really exciting. So just before someone left that weekly drunk as a salesperson, I stepped in and I was like, okay, what CRM database are they using? None. It was all Excel. And I hate Excel. And I think that's very old school. Sorry to say that. But we're in a generation. And back, that was back in 2014, 15, where I was like, we need a you know CRM database. Yeah. So I spent my first week not even training on this solution or what we're selling. It was trying to find the right CRM database for me to start working. And the excitement was I could call anyone because I wasn't competing with any salesperson out there. Um, so I was doing that call calling, trying to close businesses. And then I wanted to go for the larger ones because I was like, you know, before anyone else comes into the business as a salesperson, let me go in, get all the big, you know, um, leads. construction leads. Yes. Yeah. And by doing that, I was getting a lot of blockage. And then again, I had to go back to the drawing board and speak to the operations manager and be like, hey, we need to work on ISO. We need to work on a reporting tool. Let's buy something off the shelf, plug and play. And while doing that, I kept working with the smaller, you know, leads, winning them. And then once everything mm. was in place, 
I had set my meetings up with the large organi- larger organizations, and then boom, the win the winning started happening. The leads started turning to you know clients. It all started falling into place, and then the bigger you know the more clients we got, uh, we got few recruits in sales. I was able to then um, do account management, but I was missing that selling, the call calling, the hundred percent three sixty, you know. Mm. Um, but what I was able to take from that to my other jobs from Icing Digital Paper Round was always to pay attention to the CRM databases you're using. Because at the end of the day, that's going to be your 95 best friend at work. Mm. You know, when you go there, LinkedIn, um, whether it's Dynamics for sales, whether it's, you know, anything, it could be any CRM database you're using. And that's what I did. I literally opened that up, learned how it works, you know, train myself on it, uh, Google stuff. And then if something wasn't working, I would tell them, look, this is not working. I know there's a better solution that mm-hmm. can make my life easier, can make the business life easier. Let's do this. And I think with that and with the experience of doing so much at Weekly Junk, I was able to make my life easier moving forward with other businesses. I love it. I love it. And I th- it's something that um, I've experienced myself where when I went to my first startup, the best way the recruiter told me uh, kind of when I was leaving is that you've been spoilt, Neil. Mm. Because this is, with this startup, this company, they'd been around for quite a while. They had the right CRM. They had the right sales tools. They had the right cadence, like sort of messaging tools and all of that. So that every time I went to a startup thereafter, I always kept comparing it like, you're nowhere near like technologically and operationally as advanced mm-hmm. as I was back then. And I used to find it really frustrating but then I saw to the value of me as an individual, I could teach those businesses. I could give the founders feedback saying, hey, guys, if you try this CRM tool or if you try this messaging tool, this is yes. what's going to be able to help you. And then you're kind of seen as like an expert, like, oh, Neil, where did you learn all this stuff from? But yes. for me, I was like, this is table stakes. This is what I used. I wasn't like an implementer. I was just a user in another company. But that's something you can definitely take into other jobs. And even the way that you do sales, like um, if you're doing selling or account management or customer success, these are things that you can then share to these companies as well. So uh, I went to two or three startups where they didn't really have a customer success role or an account Mm -hmm. management. And if they were losing customers, they're like, how are we going to win these customers back? And I said, okay, here's a plan. This is how we're going to execute it. And then we would win like six customers back. And they're like, oh, where did you learn that stuff? And I'm like, I just learned it doing the job that was taught to me in the previous company and the systems yeah. and, and tools that we use. Um, but you're, you're learning a hell of a lot. So you're going from door-to-door sales, you're going into another business, helping them business-wise, operationally. Then you kind of go on to the digital marketing route with like PPC, SEO, working out in Manchester. Um, so again, you're learning an element for SDRs around content and with marketing. This is another key piece Correct. that we have to do. And what, what things did you learn in the digital world like in terms of that role? I've always had a creative mind, a mindset. Um, I loved art and drama during high school years. And when it's, when there's a task that has to be creatively done, I think I always want to put my foot and say, look, I want to take part in this side of things because I can execute it really well. I've got these crazy ideas. So I think working in the digital space, it was really, really good. And I'm into my fashion. And so, you know, you got the Lights of pretty little thing, for example, in Boohoo in Manchester. Yeah. But you got the small creatures trying to crawl up to them and try bigger, be bigger than them. So I was telling them, you don't have to be big than them. You can work on smaller budgets, but still get more people coming through your doors by doing X, Y, Z. Hmm. So it's really nice. Um, 
not just so when I started in business, I always thought it was selling, selling, selling. But then I realized at Weekly Junk is consultation. Even the easiest product needs consultation behind it because you want to build that relationship. Mm. So with digital marketing being a BDM, I was doing a lot of consulting. And it was exciting just to present to them and say, this is your social media page. Here's a few pointers to make it a bit better. You're doing already great. So I'm just praising them to say you're doing great already, but this is how we can make it better if you worked with us. Mm. Or you stick to that because you're doing really well. How about we turn to SEO where we can help you optimize your content, certain web pages, X, Y, Z. And I think by delivering it that way, um, I was able to work with some great fashion businesses in Manchester area, for example. And what I took on board was after we clear junk, I said to myself, I want to go into a business where they already have a good system in place. They already have an account management team in place. Do not make that mistake again, where you're going to get stripped out of your BDR role and you have to go to account management. Mm. Uh, so I made, made sure every time I move forward in my career that I am, um, you know, looking back at my mistakes and working on them. Mm. Yeah. And that's a really good point. So you're based on like what we say is mistakes. The best place that you learn is mistakes, Correct. things that perhaps you wouldn't be aware of at that point. You've gone through it, you've experienced it, and now you know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. And <laughs> you're, you're qualifying your next job opportunities. Like As long as they've got the right so, uh, tools and systems in place, yes. as long as they've got the right sales structure in place, as long as they've got a good defined job role Correct. in place. Uh, and these are things that we do to our prospects. We qualify them. And I always say to SDRs, when you're looking for your jobs, not only are they bringing you as a candidate, but you need to qualify them as an mm -hmm. opportunity. So every job interview that I went into for a tech company, I'd go into TechCrunch. I'd look on Crunchbase to see their funding. Mm. I would see their company story. I would see what customer case studies, what logos did they have? Okay. Uh, what are they also looking to do with that funding in the next two to three years? So that when I went into the job interview, I'd be questioning them the hell out. Not just what can I bring to the table, but what are they going to give me in terms of career development and where is this vision going? Because I'm not just going to be selling a product for you. I'm yep. going to be selling your brand, your company's name, and I'm going to be singing it from the rooftops uh, around Europe and the world. So that, that's another thing uh, I, agree. I, always, I always advise SDRs to do. But for you uh, and finding, like coming on to Zap, what was that journey like? Like, how did you find them? Like, how did you get in? What was that whole process for you like, Rochelle? So thanks to LinkedIn, who've got Easy Apply, um, it got to a point where I stopped making Excel sheets and writing down where I applied. I literally just click on Easy Apply and just applied because I know during COVID times, there were a lot of applicants applying for one job. Mm. So there was a lot of competition. So it was through LinkedIn. I got Zap. Uh, so thanks to LinkedIn for that. Uh, but I got an email from my current manager. He actually emailed me saying, hey, um, you've got nine years experience in BDM. This is a bit, you know, smaller, like a start role to get into sales. I was like, no, no, I want to get myself into the software industry. I've had my eye. So basically, I've had my eye on the software industry since maybe mid-2019. Mm -hmm. And I've got one or two good friends in the software space. And I always talk to them about it. I want to know how it's going, how it's growing, and how they're getting on. And I've seen them progress really well. And I know that the future is heading towards SaaS. And for me, I think it was the best time to step into this industry. So I told him that. I said, look, yes, I may have a, BDR, a BDM experience, but I'm very good at the starting point to get hold of that person on the phone. Mm -hmm. to get them excited about the product, build that relationship, and then move them forward to demo and so on and so forth. So I think from that moment, me and him just kept going back and forth. We had the interviews. 
And actually, here's a funny story. After my second interview, um, so the first interview was with my current manager. Then it was with the marketing manager for a peer interview to see if I'll fit in with the business and the culture. Yeah. And then it went quiet for a while. And I was thinking to myself, what's happening? Uh, have they not liked me? Have they found someone else? Mm. So what I did was I followed up. I put my sales practice into an interview process, following them up. <laughs> Love it. And he got back to me a few days, my current manager, to say we're going through internal changes. Uh, so bear with us. And I was like, okay, maybe that's just them folding and saying I'm not good enough. Yeah. Or I started thinking things. And I said to myself, don't let yourself uh, think negative. Put a twist to it. Maybe they're doing really well. Maybe the company's growing that they are going through internal changes. Mm. A week and a half goes by, nothing. I did another follow-up email. I said, look, I'm very keen. I'm still very excited to interview the third round. Please consider me as a strong candidate. Um, is there anything else I can do? And then I got an email back saying, you'll hear about this tomorrow. And, um, and this, at this point, I was out with my friends. Um, and this is when, you know, lockdown's a bit of an ease. So I was out. So I told my friends, oh, come on, let's all pray for me. And yes. then... The next day, fun enough, I was out shopping with my mother in the high street. Um, I actually bought a celebration box because I, I wanted sweet Tom's chocolates. Mm. Walking out that road, holding the celebration box, I look at my email and it says, congrats, we want to give this job. <laughs> so I was like, wow, no third round, no final round. I've got a job. I started jumping up and down in the middle of the high street. Love it. Um, and it was like the best way just to secure a job. And then obviously I called him and been like, hey, are you sure what's happening with the final round? And then he explained <laughs> to me. And now looking back, I understood why they had to stop, you know, for a while interviewing, why there was a little break. Yes, there was internal changes going on and it was positive changes going on right now, actually. Mm. So I was like, I think I'm entering the business at the right time. So that was my journey. And I think everyone should just literally... Use LinkedIn day in and day out, yeah, to Absolutely. find a job. I love that, Rushlev. That's such a cool story with a sweet ending and excuse <laughs> yeah. a pun there. Um, but I love the way that when you're applying, so you're using Easy Apply, which is like a feature on LinkedIn, which will match yes. your skill set versus a job applicant to help you get yep. in. That's something I've never been able to use that because I haven't applied for a job for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, that is a really good thing. I've seen more and more people on LinkedIn saying LinkedIn helped me get this job. So yeah, definitely big shouts out to LinkedIn. Um, you approach a business where the guys kind of said, well, the manager kind of says to you like, look, this is a bit of a smaller startup. This isn't maybe online with current, your current experience because you've kind of done the full 360 sales. But you said, no, I want to get into tech sales. This is a space where I want to get into. I'm, I'm willing to give it a go. Correct. Um, and then you're you're meticulously following up. Like you said, you're using your sales skills to kind of close the deal and follow up with them. Um, but you said a beautiful piece here, and it's something we all fall prey to, which is uh, seeds of doubt and negativity. Correct. So if we don't get immediate feedback or validation, we start thinking, am I the problem? Have I done something wrong? Mm. And it's not always the case. And it's something that I try to teach to friends and students and families, like the what if yeah. So you've done that. What if this goes all right? What if they do get back to me? What if things are going so well for them that they're just busy and they can't come back? That's a nicer mindset to be in. Um, and then like you're you're on the high street with your mum, you've bought a box of celebrations, like chocolate sweets, yeah. and then you get that, well, do you know what, Rashab? Forget the round three. You've got the job, dude. Well done. Come on in. Yeah. And uh, I'm so happy for you, man. And um, 
I've been looking on LinkedIn and you're doing some marketing pieces with the team at Zap. You're like helping create videos for webinars, registrations. What's that process like feeling like you're you're helping them out and working with their teams to create this content? What's it been like for you? I think it's just really exciting. I wasn't expecting... So I am the first SDR that businesses have had. So I head up the Europe, Middle East and Africa uh, with my manager. And I think it's very exciting because there are a lot of other software businesses out there with maybe 10 to 20 or even more SDRs. Mm. And you never I don't think you'll ever get that opportunity. So for me to work closely with the marketing team, we just got a new recruit actually marketing. She's based out, she's based out in Athens actually currently right now. So she's lucky. But um, through teams, we managed to connect, collaborate, and work on this outbound piece for me to get outbound, you know, new leads coming in. So obviously we have the global marketing team doing inbound leads and whatnot. But every once a month moving forward in 2021, they want me to work with the new marketing recruit um, to get outbound leads. And like I said, I'm so creative and I've got all that passion and I think it works really well. And I don't think I would have had this opportunity if it was with a larger team or in another organization. So I think it's really great for me to have all this experience. So when I move forward within this business, Mm. I will have so much, you know, to give back to the ones joining the business. Yeah. And it allows myself to really understand the business more, actually. I'm not just stuck doing sales. I'm actually doing, yes, I am doing sales, but then working with marketing, you're understanding more. So Mm. I think that's really exciting. 100% agree, dude. And I think um, the best way to put it is that when you're the first SDR on the ground for that business, I've been in that position, where you have an existing marketing team, they've got content they're creating, but now they're looking to be creative and go outbound. I like to. I'd like to think of myself back then as the mad scientist. So there is no right way or wrong way of doing it. It's just like you can go carte blanche, working with this person to see what works. Uh, my advice is kind of like where Gary V says people are always struggling to figure out what content should they put out. Yes. And it's not about creating content. It's documenting the hell out of everything that you are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that will create the content that you'll give to the next wave of SDRs that walk through the door. And like in a year or two years' time, when you have like a team of maybe eight to ten SDRs working for Zap, and they'll come like, Rushab, I've just started out. What advice would you give me? I said, well, hey, here's a whole bunch of guides that I did when we first started out. And do you know what? You yeah. guys have it so much easier because when I did this, I had no idea what messaging or tools to use. And hey, let's all jump on a Teams and like hear about your ideas. And I, I think that's a beautiful uh, and privileged place to be. Uh, and I envy it a lot of times when I see like people such as yourself being that first person on the ground, like that is exciting um, as hell. But um, with, uh, so obviously for the listeners that are out there, they're either contemplating going into sales development or they've just started similar to yourself. What three bits of advice would you give to a younger Rushab or somebody who's just about to embark on this journey, sir? So if you are currently looking to get into sales and already in sales and wanted to change to another you know, sales, uh, software business to do sales. Don't get, ex- we all get excited. We always want to work for that big company. I want to work for the biggest tech company in the world. Put that on my CV. No, you should be looking at that product. You should research their product or service they're selling and be like, can I openly do this 95, five days a week, you know, for the, for the whole year or more call calling. And if you answer yes, then that's one tick. Secondly, you should think, you know, in sales, it's one of those, it's a, 
throat, throat kill business. You know, it's mm. up and down. I've had that already where one week it's down, one day it's down. How can you lift yourself up? You need to see yourself in that position. You know, can I do this? Will I be able to do this? If you can answer certain questions like that, yes, 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 then apply. But do forget about the business name. You know, forget about the perks. That can also come later down the line. For now, you need to really understand if this is what you need to take. Secondly, when you are in the interview process of going for a sales job, please do use your sales experience, if you have any, to use that in your interview process, like I mentioned earlier, like I did with follow-ups. And if someone comes to you, if their recruiter or the sales manager of that business says to you, look, we don't think you have the current experience or we may think you'll be suitable for this job, go back to them, call them, head them out on LinkedIn and tell them, look, thanks for your feedback, but I think I have a better case to fight for. Give me another opportunity. And I'm sure they will. Mm. There's no harm in that. And also, I think when you're in sales, um, you know, every day you're calling, what, 25 to 50 businesses call calling. I started to do this thing in the last two, three years where I have three targeted businesses. I just had this good gut feeling of, I want to get those three, you know, targets, not to a, hopefully a client one day, but let me get them on a discovery or demo or a meeting of some sort. Let me get their attention. So you do your first call, you do your, you know, calls, you do emails. After five emails and calls, there's nothing there. You haven't got any feedback from them, no emails. And they may have accepted your LinkedIn request and they may not respond to anything. But what I would suggest is out of those 50 calls a day, whatever you're making, those three people, I would say, disturb them in the right way. Once a week, just email them, drop them a message, call them, WhatsApp, text, LinkedIn. Mm. And I've done this in um, the current position in Zap early on. And it's actually worked. Uh, where the first person actually did a Vidyard video for my first ever Vidyard video in my whole sales career <laughs> was to someone back out in Kenya because it felt easy. I just said, hey, in the video, I'm from yeah. Nairobi, um, XYZ. After a month and a half of just chasing, you know, with emails and whatnot, he finally got back and said, one liner, we'll speak next year. Mm. That was still something. So what I would say is my advice is pick the three target businesses, the three individuals in those businesses, and just go for it. If you have that gut feeling, go for it. Never give up. Because in the past, I've done this where I've put a task aside someone who hasn't returned any of my calls or emails. Mm. And I put a task for eight months. I remember this because when I called that person up again, he said, sorry, we've gone with the competition. We're very happy. We've signed like a three-year agreement. So that kind of made me thought, okay, what am I doing wrong? So mm. I think if you have a good gut feeling about a few key targets, just go for it. Um, and that, that's what we're here for. We're in a sales job. You have to do your job, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's my advice is right there and my key three takeaways. I love it, Rishabh. Thank you so much for sharing. And yeah, um, you were tenacious, like reaching out to get on, uh, to, to have a conversation to get on this show. You did a lot of follow-up even up until the last moment before we started recording. You yep. kept follow-up. You were on the pulse. You kept grabbing my attention. So you did a really good job on that. Yeah. Any feedback for me being like, because I am basically the SDR for this uh, podcast, like handling inbound leads. Any feedback on anywhere that I could improve? Oh, I think you carry on what you're doing. I think it's actually exciting that you're allowing people to project their experience 
from all different backgrounds, cultures, and experience. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this podcast can take you, Neil. Like you said, it's brand new. Um, I think just talking to you, it's, it's enjoyable. And so no, no negative or upwards, you know, <laughs> carry on as you are. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'll reach out to you if I have any feedback on LinkedIn. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I love it. Thank you so much, Rishabh. And again, yeah, this show is for sales development rents, BDRs, people that are coming into it. And if we can learn from each other, like we say, what we're doing right now is we're documenting by speaking yeah. how people work and that's kind of what I want to share and get more people uh, in on this so thank you so much for being a part of it and are there any special shout outs uh, that you'd like to give on today's show shout outs no firstly obviously the business you know recruited me during tough times because um, I was furloughed and redundant for like a good seven eight months so I think mm. being out of a job at this time and place is not the best place so for them to take me on you know is good and then obviously shout out to the family and close friends uh who keep you supported and keep you going during this covid times you know sorry to bring that name in again but we have to (laughs) and then um yeah i think everyone is to just wake up with a positive mindset whatever job you're doing any job in sales if you're in marketing if you're in operations any i think we need to just be grateful waking up Uh, i know we're stuck in but you just got to ride that wave as they say right yeah just just do you and you'll be fine and then hopefully yeah hopefully from summer onwards we can finally go into aeroplanes without the masks but you know (laughs) yeah that's it yeah i love it totally right dude like enjoy the journey um be really present in it wake up with that positive mindset it's not always easy it's not when you've got the right friends and family supporting you and companies supporting you as well i just hope that you all buy them when you meet them face to face a big box of celebrations uh, to kind of solidify that thank you. But um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And if the guests or, or listeners into this show, they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Like a lot of us mainly use LinkedIn. Some people are on social, Twitter, etc. What's the best way to get in touch I'm with you? I'm on LinkedIn, correct. And I'm sure you'll put the link somewhere in your podcast when we start again. Rishabh Shah. Um, and also, I'm a foodie. I have a food page. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Please um, share. It's funny how in this one hour conversation, I didn't mention it, but I will mention it now. So if you love food, um, you're veg- I'm vegetarian. Uh, but even if you what, eat other food, you can still, you know, follow me. Um, yeah. It's at Rush It's Veg, R-U-S-H-E-A-T-S-V-E-G, Rush It's Veg. Go and have a look, give a follow. Um, yeah, I've got some great places there that I visited around London that you can visit when things reopen. And yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as well to be on the show. And I can't wait to hear the other content, um, other people you have on the show. Wicked, Rushab. So, foodie, I didn't know that, and I'm glad nope. that you put it in. <laughs> I love eating vegetarian food and vegan food as well, so I'll definitely be giving it a follow. And for the listeners in, we'll be definitely putting the links to that in the show notes of the podcast. So, Rushab, well done on your research <laughs> and reminding me. Uh, and Rushab, I wish you uh, all the best success in the coming months for this year. Stay Thank safe. Uh, and most importantly, sir, happy selling. No, thank you so much and have a great week as well. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.